What's up, guys? Thank you for tuning in to the podcast. Today's episode, we're going to be talking about the account management, and I brought in Bryce Liggins from Brolic. He is specializing in the account management marketing side of this company. He does this within Brolic, so he's going to be diving deep into his knowledge of what he does day to day, how to start this specific system, how to optimize it within your own. This is a good one. Enjoy. Before I play the interview, if you feel like you are a confused entrepreneur or you feel like you are just so confused about how entrepreneurship works, this show is for you because I try to offer microscopic understanding through this podcast with entrepreneurship, really understanding how to get from zero to one, one to two, one to three, etc. So please share this with your friends that might be entrepreneurs as well or curious because this content will help them out. Also, with whatever platform you're listening on, just subscribe, rate, and review the show. It takes about 20 seconds, and if you don't, I will be so, so hurt. So please go and do that. Pause this episode right where it's at. After subscribing to my show, go subscribe to my YouTube channel as well because I do offer videos and other content there that really breaks down and gives you leverageable, actionable things about entrepreneurship that you can digest and think more about and also implement into your own entrepreneurial journey. So go and subscribe to that niche, the niche. With all that being said, guys, let's jump into the interview. Hi, Bryce. You ready to rock and roll? Let's get the show on the road. Let's do it. So, Bryce, just quickly uh, introduce yourself here so we know who you are and what you do, man. Uh, my name is Bryce Liggins. I work at Brolic. Uh, Brolic is a growth marketing agency, and I am the director of marketing strategy at Brolic. I've helped to build the marketing department here, and I've been working in it now for the last eight years, scaling it up. Nice. So kind of the topic here, Bryce, what we're going to be diving deep into is sort of the account management, the client strategy. When you bring clients in, when you when you talk with them, specifically, that's the topic we are going to dive deep into with what you do specifically within Brolic. So describe to us what that is so we know exactly what we're going to be breaking down here with what you do every day. So we bring clients in here um, of all shapes and sizes. Uh, we start our engagement off with a, an eight-week uh, kickoff period where we do a deep dive into figuring out what the business is all about, who their target audience is, what their competitive landscapes look like. Uh, and then we develop an intricate marketing plan following after that eight-week period to get things get things off the ground and really try to start helping our business, our clients grow. Hmm. So, so Bryce, with that system that you have in place, you said you put them through that eight-week process just to kind of learn the scope of their business and how you can best prepare a marketing plan for them. Before that was a thing, how did you find out that that was the correct way to go? Why wasn't it like a two, five-week program or why wasn't it this, this process first? Describe how you came up with that starting system that you now put most of your clients through. What was, what was the mentality that you had? What did you use? What was, what was your thoughts when you went through building that system to pump the clients through when you had them? So our first client didn't go through this process. Hmm. We had our first client for quite a little while and we were being relatively successful with them. And we were running search advertising. We were growing and growing her business. And then we got to a point where we started to expand a little bit and try to develop a little bit more creative and try to figure out how we could grow the scope of our relationship with that business. And it turned out we didn't really know anything. 
Hmm. We tried to write a copy for different creative on social media and things like that. And we knew that we wanted to be on Facebook advertising. And we went to go develop the creative and we just were stand, staring at a blank field. We're like, well, <laughs> what, what should we put here? So we decided that we needed to invent the process a little bit more and try to develop it out some more. Uh, and for us, it just kind of came natural um, working with one of the other partners here at Prolic um, that we needed to define what we were trying to accomplish. We needed to figure out exactly who the people we were trying to connect with were. Because if you don't understand who the target audience is, how are you supposed to develop something that connects with them? Exactly. If you don't know their motivations, if you don't know their desires, then how are you supposed to be able to do your job? And then beyond that, if you're just going in blind and you know a little bit about the target audience, but you don't know what the competitive landscape is, are you going to invest a ton of time, a ton of money, a ton of resources into developing something that your competitor has been doing for the last five years? You're going to slam right into a brick wall. So you need to look at the competitive landscape and make sure that there's an opportunity to do the thing that you're actually trying to get out to do that's going to connect with the target audience. And then once you actually have that pillar-based research with defining what you're trying to accomplish, who the audience is, and what the competitive landscape is, you then have to develop the marketing plan, develop what you're actually going to do using all of the resources and the information that you've pulled together to get something off the ground, to be strategic, to be measured, to define what you're trying to accomplish. Uh, and then evaluate it, making sure mm -hmm. that you have that plan and follow the steps along the way. So Bryce, because clients are so important, because that aspect of business is like your oxygen, they give you the money to run your operations, they give you the money to pay your employees that do the job for them. So with a younger entrepreneur being in a situation where he's like, okay, I, he or she is like, I need to scale this with clients that come in and I need that to work out in the best possible manner. So what being through that system that you've made and pumping these clients through that system, what is the thing that you recommend they would avoid doing in the very beginning phases when they have these clients and they're figuring out, okay, now we can start to service these clients. Um, how do we best accomplish that goal? Tell us about some of these things that you would recommend avoiding. Uh, reckon, recommend avoiding would be trying to stay away from the traditional marketing concepts. There's a lot of marketing companies out there that just focus on impressions, clicks, and some are even a little bit more advanced and they'll focus on driving leads to their clients. That might work for a while and you might get some excitement when you can show some graphs with upward hockey sticks that's saying, hey, we're reaching a whole lot of people. Uh, and even better, you're getting people to their client's website. The next month, they're excited about that. The month after that, you finally have some leads flowing. Fantastic. Well, six months down the road, a year down the road, the client's gonna ask themselves, are their businesses actually growing? And if their businesses aren't actually growing, the clicks, the oppressions, even the leads mean nothing if they're not actually translating to dollars. So if you're in the field of marketing, you need to make sure that you understand what your clients are actually seeking when they hire a marketing company, and then do your damnedest to make sure that you're actually measuring that and you're measuring it all the way back to the different tactics that you're using so that you can know if you're successful or not. If you have a positive ROI, if you have an ability to report on ROI and you have a positive one, that client's a client for life. They're not going anywhere if you're growing their business. Hmm. So Bryce, another thing that a lot of younger entrepreneurs are confused about, especially with this aspect of business, because this is more of a beginning phase when you have your structure and then you start getting clients into appease like you being paid and your partners being paid and the employees being paid, 
what do you recommend that the younger entrepreneurs do when they're looking into the pricing model? Like how do they figure out what is the right price? And then with you specifically, what did you put a price tag on for your system? Like how did you figure that out? And what do you recommend we would do if we're starting getting clients into this system? How do we price that out correctly? Even though it's probably a different scope with different businesses, different models and how much personally you want to take home. But in your personal opinion, what do you recommend the best pricing model be and how to structure that correctly? What a loaded question. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's a difficult one to answer. Uh, we've been doing marketing now for, for eight years for our clients, and we still struggle with that. Mm. We, we have our hourly rate at 150 an hour, and we generally shoot for about 30 hour a month clients. Uh, and that's kind of where we've been for a while. And we feel comfortable being there um, primarily because we know that the, the competitors in our landscape within the area of Philadelphia are all relatively charging within that rate. There's some cheaper and there's some that are more expensive. So when you're first getting off the ground, uh, don't be afraid to try to be a secret shopper, like pretend to have a business and try talking to some agencies and figuring out what the competitive rates are. Um, and then from there, it's just a matter of like guess and check. Uh, if you're flourishing, increase your prices. If you're not, decrease them. Uh, and the thing that we struggle with the most with this, we've been relatively successful at our rates, um, but we have some clients that have been with us for a very long time, for that eight-year period. And some of them are paying us less now than they mm -hmm. were before. Their businesses have 10x, 20x, and the amount that we're making is less. So that's something that really gets under our skin. We've, we've crushed it for their marketing. We've crushed it for their content development. And now their organic presences are, are, are flourishing. And as long as there's not an algorithm update that comes along and screws their system, they continue to flourish without us needing to do a whole lot. I mean, we could do more to help them grow. So lately, in the last like two to three years, we've been experimenting with uh, more performance-based models or ownership models or revenue share models. Um, where you get a certain percentage of the revenue of every single product that goes, or if you track it back to your marketing tactics, getting a chunk of that. We're all the way into ownership and trying to own a chunk of the business. So that way, instead of being, instead of being uh, compensated for the time that you're putting in, you should be compensated for the growth of the business. Exactly. So if the business is blowing up, then you should be able to blow up with them instead of getting your retainers downsized. Um, now, I say that was a loaded question because we haven't found the answer yet. We've been yeah. experimenting like crazy, and we don't have the answer yet. Yeah. We haven't had anything that has been a home run. And part of that problem is when you're working for performance or ownership, it's kind of like a, an investment. And investing in startups and small businesses is one of the riskiest investments you can have. So we, we might have had the right answer two or three years ago, but because of the percentage of startups that actually succeed is so low, Maybe we just haven't swung the bat enough times to prove that that model works or not yet. Yeah. It's really hard to tell. Mm, so true, Bryce. So to move on here a little bit, when you when when a younger entrepreneur is starting this this system that they're making for a client to push them through and optimize that, what kind of resources do you use? Like say Trello, the the scheduling app or whatever it does specifically. I don't know exactly what it does, but something along those lines that you use for your clients that help you really lessen the friction of, of having people manage kind of these, um, these tedious tasks or something like that. What kind of softwares, resources do you use? And then what resources, softwares do you recommend that we look into to start using? 
So client management, we use Asana. It's the same thing as Trello. Allows you to easily manage and organize the tasks. Once you start to have more than two or three clients, keeping all of that in your head is not a good method. It's a good method for losing that client pretty quickly. Uh, so you need to make sure that you have a way to schedule out tasks that, that, that say this is what we promised we would do and making sure that you're putting it into your task tracker and scheduling them out and then executing on that. Uh, that's basic client management. Um, one of the tools that I'm most excited by that we recently came across for our discovery period uh, is called user interviews. Um, they went through, I think their series A or series B recently, they had a huge amount of funding. They're blowing up like crazy. Um, and they're just an amazing research tool. Hmm. So we've had, I think now we've had four or five new clients run through their system. And each time when we try to do a target audience uh, discovery with a new client, the client's normally like, oh, well, you can't talk to our customers or like we can't find them. Like they don't have them available for us to speak to, but we need to speak to them. And it's always a struggle. And for the last four or five clients, we ran through user interviews. We told them who our target audience was and they were like, yeah, <laughs> sign up, get on the platform. And then we went from having a difficult time getting people on the phone, taking like three or four weeks to now we're able to start and finish an interview process usually within three or four days. Wow. It's incredibly effective. Uh, you can do screen sharing on it. You can have people, you can have people show, bring up their computers and navigate the web and say like, this is how I would look for your product. Even if you don't tell them like what your product is, you can say, Hey, how would you find a keyboard? Say you're trying to sell keyboards or something and say, how, how would you find the next keyboard you want for your computer? Just watch what they're doing and ask them to talk out loud. And mm -hmm. when you can get that kind of user feedback, you have to speak to your customers. When you can get that kind of user feedback, they're going to tell you what you need to do, what your next step should be. If you're not talking to your customers, you're just shooting in the dark. Hmm. Bryce, so what are the literal crucial aspects that a younger entrepreneur should know of when servicing clients and creating this funnel for clients to go through within their particular business? What are some of the things that you know because you're an expert within this type of, of experience and, and knowledge? Like, what, what, what do you recommend we know either ideologies or systems when we're creating this for clients? What are like the most crucial topics that you would tell us right now? Uh, the biggest one is again, understand what your client is trying to do. Why did they hire a marketing company and figuring out how to align yourself with that and then speak their language. Um, there's, there's so many different, different times that people, again, just focus on impressions and clicks and you're, you're giving marketing jargon to your client. Um, but that's not what they want. They want to grow their business. And they talk in a specific way, figure out the way that they communicate, and then communicate that way back to them. Uh, there's no real true expertise in digital. I mean, you can be a crazy coder, or you might know some hacks in the SEO world. But the thing is, the Google algorithm is going to change again next month. Yeah. Uh, so what you have to actually be to be good in this field is curious and a self-starter. You need to be able to continually ask why and figure out how to leverage different platforms, tools, ad platforms, social networks in favor for what you're trying to accomplish and what you're trying to accomplish needs to be why the client hired you. Mm. And if you don't understand that and you're just feeding them marketing jargon back and you're just doing uh, keyword stuffing with SEO and basic Facebook posts, well, that was what worked 15 years ago. It's not what works now. You haven't been curious enough to keep up with the way things are evolving. 
and you're not communicating the client's language back to them. So they're going to get tired of you. They're going to not listen to you on the reports that you're delivering to them. And they're going to find another marketing company to go work with. Mm. So Bryce, if you were to literally start, if you were to start another digital advertising company yourself and having the experience and knowledge you do, where, what would be the literal zero to one step to start getting clients in and creating a system for them that works? Where would you start to scale that, to build that? Give us like the literal starting point and then the next step after that. What would you do? Um, well, you can't be in digital and not have a website. Mm. So you would need to have just at least a basic website that could say who you are, what you are, what your philosophies are, and what your service offerings are. Hmm. Um, and then from there, it is a brutal space to get started into. It's so <laughs> cutthroat, there's so many competitors. Um, I think the next step that I would do beyond having a website, if I would, if I would start, it needed to be because I had a specific philosophy that I wanted to pursue. Uh, for us at Brolic, it was that we wanted to be a digital company and not be an SEO company, not be a social company, not be PPC. We felt that there was a lot of lows, but there wasn't somebody that was working with small businesses and offered them the um, solution that they actually needed instead of ad hoc services. So if I was starting today, it would have to be because I saw there was an opportunity that was being underserved in the marketplace. I had a philosophy that I thought was better than what is currently being done. Uh, I would get a website created, uh, even if it's just using basic Squarespace or something, you don't need to be crazy uh, technologically advanced to make something yeah. crazy happen. <laughs> <clears throat> um, get that started and then you have to start networking yeah nobody likes to network that much but when you're out there doing it it's really not as bad as what it feels like before you go out and do it just get out there and do it you have to meet people you have to connect with people and that's the way that that you're going to end up getting those clients and then once you get clients speaking positively on your behalf and you have a track record of success you have a blog of research of theories and philosophies that you've now proven go for it then you can actually start blowing up bryce so where do you see the future of your skill in particular within digital advertising going to is there like a specific area that you see more clients would be attracted to more than what's going on now like where do you see the the future of dealing with clients within the digital advertising space and satisfying those clients going in the future? In terms of dealing with clients, um, there's going to be more and more savvy clients out there that understand marketing and you can't just bullshit them. You have to be able mm. to give them um, real metrics, real success that they can attribute and know their customers. If John Smith is a customer, that's their customer because of you, like they have to be able to connect those dots. Um, you have to really prove that out and understand that the, that the client is just getting smarter and smarter. Um, to successfully service those clients, I think that if you're in the space of digital, you need to be incredibly fluent in Google. Mm. Google is the future for um, all digital marketing. It, it's the past too, but it's getting more and more scary as we move <laughs> forward. Um, that's one thing that we're pushing all of our clients to, making sure that their websites are built as, as pristinely as possible, as crawlable as possible. Um, I believe it was Rand Fishkin put an article out um, back in August that said less than 50% of Google searches are resulting in a click today. People mm -hmm. are getting their answers on Google 
So if you're reporting to your client right now, based on website traffic to their property, you're missing 50% of the picture because it's all in Google. Hmm. People are getting everything they need right there. And if you're not optimizing to make sure that you are appearing with the best search real estate possible, you're going to fail. That's so true. Do you think that Google's going to acquire Facebook and these bigger companies? Do you think that they're going to be that kind of company or where do you see the scope of that just being, being in the digital advertising space? Can you give me one more time? You broke up just a little there. Yeah. So the, the Google, uh, do you think that Google would acquire Facebook by any chance just being in the digital advertising space? Do you think that would be something that happened? <laughs> um, I don't think so. I think that they're going their own direction in terms of tech and trying to, yeah. to get out there into the world. They tried the social social media thing with Google Plus, and well, Google Plus doesn't exist anymore, so <laughs> uh, they've moved on from that. And you see Facebook trying to go the same way too with like the Facebook portal. Like they're trying, they're they're both trying to get out from the screen and get more and more into our lives. Yeah, and they're both competing against each other. Uh, I think they're too big to acquire one another, but. There's going to yeah. be the two big players. Those are the two big advertising platforms that we have to play in from as a digital marketer. Mm, so sure. you got to be relatively fluent in both for sure. Yeah, Bryce. Yeah. So, so a younger entrepreneur wanting to learn the skill of client services and scaling that process um, for more than just one client, where do you think that we can go right now to start learning that skill better? Is there like books, um, online resources? What do you recommend that we do right now to learn more about that client service? And if so, niche down to the digital advertising space. But if not, just tell us where we can go to learn about kind of the client service type of stuff that you know of. Client service, um, I'm going to go the opposite from digital and go way old school. Um, the best book that I've ever read, and I to this day try to read it once a year at least, is How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. At the end of the day, there's nothing mind-blowing in that book that's going to be like, wow, I'm a changed person. But there's so much in that book that reminds you that people are people just the same as you are. They have feelings. They have emotions. If you're going into a crazy pitch with a Fortune 500 company, at the end of the day, the CEO that you might be pitching, like he's got his own problems too with children running around with, with bills at home. There's, there's, there are people. And we're all people and making sure that you communicate as a person is the biggest thing. That's the one thing that I always try to hark back to when it comes down to client services, account management. Mm. Bryce, so any last words here for a younger entrepreneur that is wanting to do the exact same thing that you might be wanting to do or hire someone like you? What are the things that you want to say that you haven't said already to a younger entrepreneur looking into this space and optimizing this space of client service and optimization. So give us those last words. Uh, if you're trying to get started in marketing and launch a launch a firm, um, try to differentiate, figure out where there might be an underserved market and come up with your philosophy. Uh, if you're looking to start a business and hire a marketing company, make sure you understand what it is that you're trying to accomplish. Make sure you understand your costs what your margins are, what your target customer acquisition costs are, and what your break-even points are. Your marketing company, if they're good, they're going to try to identify how much you can afford to acquire a customer at, and that's going to be their starting spot, trying to at least get customers at a break-even cost for you. Mm -hmm. And from there, they're going to try to get down to your target CPA. So understand your product, understand all of your costs, 
try to factor in your overhead, your fixed costs, uh, and try to articulate what it is that you can afford to bring new customers in and give that information to your marketing company. Mm. They're going to want to know that so that they can successfully, they can have a successful plan developed to be able to acquire customers at a spot that doesn't cost you money, but instead helps your business grow. Mm. So, so Bryce, every, there's a lot of marketing tactics that go just based on certain companies, correct? Like what you're saying, you really have to understand a certain company, no matter with Brolic, like you have however many clients you have, but each one has a specific end goal with the marketing plan, correct? So it, it, you got to scope out to me just to solidify this point and to get it over to the people listening. They, they have to understand every business differently, not just pump them through the same exact system, correct? Like they have to adjust it a little bit. You wouldn't believe the kind of happy hour conversations I can have because of the amount of nuanced businesses that I know way too much about. <laughs> we here at Brolic, we're, we're not niche. We have clients that range from B2B, B2C, small, large. It's all over the place. The one thing they have in common is that they're seeking growth. So because of that, I know so much about so many different businesses <laughs> that I never even would have thought existed so yes you have to take the time to learn individualized businesses to understand their ins and outs they should be hiring you as a marketing consultant so you need to know marketing but it's up to them to help you learn about their business invest in the time make sure that you spend the time to figure out who they are and what they want to do and don't don't cheat that yeah all right, guys, you heard it here first from Bryce. And Bryce, just quickly give us an outlet to you and the company that you work for, if you would like, and then we'll say goodbye. Perfect. Uh, you can find Brolic at brolic.com. Uh, we're a growth company, and if you're looking for that next growth phase, uh, we'd love to talk. Sweet. Brolic is B-R-O-L-I-K.com, correct? Spot on, yep. Sweet. All right, Bryce, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your experiences, man. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. What's up, guys? Again, thank you for tuning in to the podcast. Go check the Facebook group that also functions as a community for you guys to interact with one another about certain things and also get in touch with me and request certain topics to be brought up on the podcast and other content platforms that I have. If you enjoy the show, if you like the show, then you have no excuses not to subscribe because it takes such a small amount of time so go and do that for me i would be very very sad if you don't pause this episode right where it's at and do that on the platform you're listening on right now lastly go and give a follow to niche the niche instagram page you can find it at niche the niche you can follow me and what i'm doing with the podcast and also receive leverageable posts leverageable content through the instagram so go and give that a follow and see what i'm doing every day with the podcast and i will see you guys on the next episode What's up, guys? Again, thank you for tuning in to the podcast. If you enjoy the show, if you like the show, then you have no excuses not to subscribe because it takes such a small amount of time. So go and do that for me. I will be very, very sad if you don't pause this episode right where it's at and do that on the platform you're listening on right now. Lastly, go and give a follow to Niche the Niche Instagram page. You can find it at Niche the Niche. You can follow me and what I'm doing with the podcast and also receive leverageable posts, leverageable content through the Instagram. So go and give that a follow and see what I'm doing every day with the podcast. And I will see you guys on the next episode.